This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today's podcast is sponsored by Sonos. Sonos is offering the listeners of Watching Dead 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use the promo code WATCHING10, it's capital W-A-T-C-H-I-N-G-1-0, at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Welcome to Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're here today to talk about Season 8, Episode 3, titled Monsters. You know who the real monsters are? The people who make The Walking Dead. Well, they're they're minor monsters. We are the major monsters because I had a lot of people in feedback saying, hey, you're the only reason I still watch this show so I can hear your take on it. And I'm like... That's not good. Yeah. What are we doing to people? We're we're accomplices after the fact. Uh, I feel so bad for it, but yeah. Uh, what do you think of this episode? You know what? I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It had a by, it, by Walking Dead by standards, Walking Dead yeah. standards. I laughed out loud because during like some shoot the shootout with Daryl and Rick, like <laughs> the the gun that was in Daryl's hand changed from take to take and angle to angle. Mm. There's like some really sloppily staged action, but nice. And then we're back to the incessant morgalizing, right? Yeah. But they did find a couple new turns of phrase that at least entertained and delighted <laughs> me. And, and you know, okay. like Staff staff Warrior versus Jesus Ninja was pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They kind of messed that up, all in right, my all opinion. Right. This but is, yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty the, not the, good. This, so. is, this is my ace in my sleeve. This is, like, this is, this is the, the business card I'm pulling out of my sleeve, Jim. Uh-huh. Aaron and Eric, genuine moment. Ross Ross Marquand, I can't say enough good about him. Genuine moment. I was getting yeah. I was getting the feels, and uh, it would have been even a more effective moment if they'd fucking resolved it for good. Because I feel like there's a little bullshitty, like maybe Eric's still alive kind of thing going on. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I very much felt like he was not alive. Okay, that's what I want. But, I mean, that's not what I want to be true. That's what I think would be an emotionally satisfying yeah. thing to do, but like just there's a little bit of a, a, a whiff of bullshit at the end of that episode I making suppose me he think that there's a little bit just be walking out toward the herd. Right. Like, well, I mean that guy to drug him was like no that's not state. him and not like a like I'm trying to tell you comfort like I think you're supposed to low key be aware that maybe Aaron has just leapt to the wrong conclusion here. Yeah, I mean, I admit, I if if they if if I'm wrong, then huh. I will like that scene even better. Right. So right. like, you know, I'm only going to be groaning if it turns out they wrung this out of me and Eric is alive <laughs> next week. Uh-huh. It's it's a little bit minor league uh, Glenn dumpster hiding. It would be. Uh, I'm yeah, suspecting. Certainly. I'm suspecting. It's just, there's there's a suspected dumpster hiding. 
I hope not. I'm calling it in on the radio. <laughs> We're going to investigate and see what happens next week. That's all I'm saying. All right. So what did you what what did you like the episode? You're supposed to tell me if you liked the episode. Yeah, I, I said I, I thought it was pretty not good. Oh, um, okay. I think they they tried this fancy editing thing again, and once oh, again man. it failed. It fell so, flat on its face. Um, and not only did it fall on its face for like you know that opening with Ezekiel, like I smile, Carol smiles, and then we all get shot at the end. Uh, <laughs> It also, to me, totally disrupted, like, cutting back and forth between um, the uh, cutting out away from the Morgan-Jesus fight uh-huh. really just disrupted the flow and oh, took sure, any for sure. tension out of it. For sure. Um, I feel like they should have stayed with Jesus and Morgan and resolved that. Lenny James can't take uh, uh, takes longer than that. He needs, like, a four yeah. or five minute, preferably commercial break in, on top break <laughs> in between each one because he just gets winded. Well, Jesus was really winded. kicking him, too. Right, right, right. Like, right, Jesus right. just doesn't stunt kick. This guy's younger, and he's in, he's in, he's in much better <laughs> shape than me. And those boots. They're heavy. Yeah. They're like brick bats. That's what that's, – he's just like, I, I'm, I'm sucking wind here. You know yeah. how you know how much how much effort I take to suppress my British accent. Like I got that this baseline, got that baseline strain on me. All right, yeah. So, so there's a lot of stuff like that. And okay. I, I don't know the the scene with Gregory absolutely yeah. drove me out of my fucking mind. <laughs> but I, it's comedy, like, right? It's supposed to be comedy. It is. Yes. I was laughing so hard. But there should be no comedy to be had because as soon as he knocks on the gate, he gets a bowl of hot molten metal dropped on his head or something like. <laughs> This guy does not deserve to live at this point, and Maggie is giving him yeah. the fifth chance. Yeah. You know, fuck that guy. Yeah, that's what they're exploring. The whole like they've what? explored this. So <laughs> they've explored it nine times. I'm done with You're it. You're just not having it, man. You're no. just not having it. See, I thought it was. I'm Daryl in this episode. Yeah, right. I was cheering Daryl. Yeah, go Daryl. Fucking kill those people. Yeah. Um, he gets it. He makes look Rick look like an asshole, but he gets it. I thought Gregory was just com- like comic relief. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. Like he I always got, has kind of been. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna sober up here a little bit and apologize to club members because we are very aware that it's been two out of the three uh, so far potential live watches. We have mm. fucked up. Yeah. Uh, one we fucked up because of technology. One we fucked up because. Um, our we didn't get out of our panel the time the the the, the time we wanted to at the Huntsville Rocket City NerdCon. So the panel did. didn't even start till after we would have left. So, right, that yeah. was just the luck of the schedule. So we got we you know it's I, I hate when I have to decide whether you know I got a conflict between my club fan base and like a professional engagement, mm-hmm. which kind of has us reevaluating how how we want to do these things going forward. But um, then again, we met a lot of. Uh, fans down in we did Huntsville, there's so there's, there's winners and losers and everything in life yeah. uh, I just I'm just sorry and we're gonna get back this this wagon turned around but I especially felt when I watched this for the first time like man this would have been a fun one it would have been like yeah. we would have been howler monkeys at this Gregory scene <laughs> I think yeah yeah I was at home yeah just, and some of the it. action was just like I was making these jokes to myself and I'm like oh man nobody's hearing this this is gold this shit's gold All right, <laughs> just so, turn on the mics there you go for the there's a little stealth ad for the club uh, shall we talk about the episode in particular? Yeah, sounds good. Before we get to the episode proper, I want to talk about some uh, keeping of housing that we're doing. Uh, of course, we're doing Mr. Robot. Uh, we're in the middle of season three, and it's pretty good. We're doing American Horror Story Cult with Cecily, and uh, it has its moments. Last week was pretty good. Last <laughs> week, right. some terrifying true stories of actual cults reenacted. Jo- Jonestown, 
Waco. Oh, is their Halloween, good. So Halloween episode, it was chilling in a very real way. Of course, we got The Walking Dead. Last week, we went to first-run movies and saw The Mighty Thor and Thor Ragnarok. This mm-hmm. week, we're going to take on uh, a new villain, Johnny Depp, <laughs> and Murder on the Orient Express. Uh-huh. I think he did it, and I, I hope the, the inspector gets justice. Yeah. Uh, we also have a whole bunch of other uh, cool stuff. Of course, those those movie reviews, the spoiler-free version is free. Just like the spoiler, it's free. Uh, and then if you want the spoiler-filled version, you got to be a club member. Gus all got lots of other great club stuff, like Lunch with Jim and Aaron happening this week. Uh, also, um, a commission podcast we got done at the uh, Comic-Con. It's Return of the Jedi, a real crowd, cloud, crowd, cloud city pleaser. Real mm-hmm. crowd pl- Real cloud... Real crowd pleaser. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Someone come on Reboot Aaron. Uh, that'll be out later this week. Uh, check that out. It's all at baldmove.com. Uh, King Ezekiel says that they are coming for us, and they're all bloodthirsty cutthroats, and yet I smile. He sure uh, does. I say Can't maybe stop smiling. Maybe you shouldn't smile as much. Like He's coming across pretty much third-act Joker mm-hmm. throughout the entire episode. And I get yeah. it. Like, when you're smiling for dramatic effect, but when you come into a new area full of enemies with your weapon drawn and you're just grinning like a maniac, I uh-huh. I want, I don't want to follow you. No. I want to, like, jump on you and tie you up and, and restrain you to keep you from hurting yourself or others. Um, he talks about that they have the numbers, but we have the strategy, and they set up this nifty little crossfire where you think... You think these people are going to get the drop on the the kingdom people, but they don't because a whole bunch of people are lying in the grass like snakes. Mm-hmm. They strike. Um, What's with this editing? It's not the worst. It's not as bad had, as the faces from episode one, but it's so the, the, but it's so ostentatious to like they do this thing and then the camera kind of does that drunk stagger and it fades to black like it, like the the cameraman blacks out in between takes. Yeah, it's it's. I, I see what they're trying to do. Yeah, it no. just doesn't feel like yeah. it works in this show uh-uh. time and time again. Like, I get it. They're trying to converge these two, like, right. the past and the, the present that we haven't seen yet. And they want, right. to, they want them to come together at the right moment to right. make it more impactful. But it just doesn't work for me. No. I mean, it's like that thing, like... They, and, and maybe it would work it, every like, year. Every year in the off season, Gimple and company go see the movie, and they're like, "You know what? Dunkirk does awesome. They do this three fucking timelines, and they're twenty four hours apart, and they slowly converge, and you got the land, and, and you got the sea, and you got the air, and they're all different speeds, and oh, we can tell that story, and that'll be cool in The Walking Dead, and yeah. then you get this shit." Like, yeah. like, come on, man! You're not Christopher Nolan. You're right. You so don't have two hundred million dollars to do million dollars. Or, like, a pinky of his talent. So let's just calm down and tell a a straightforward story. Yeah. Uh, Because here's the thing. I I like this tactic, but the way they staged the action, you never got to see clearly where the battle lines were. And, in fact, I inferred, after watching this several times, that the kingdom's crossfire was literally they're standing at 180 degrees apart and they're firing towards each other with the saviors in the middle. Now, <laughs> it might not be that stupid. They might be uh-huh. at like that 40, like, like that 90. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that that ideal crossfire, like just murderous crossfire. But the way it was filmed and edited, it looked like <laughs> they should have been taking each other's bullets. But they managed to yeah. lose not one of their ranks, not one, as, not, not Ezekiel, as Ezekiel prophesied. And you can tell like him and the men and women are getting a charge. Yeah. On this bravado. And, and you can also tell if you're watching it that this is not going to end well. 
Right. Like that was my first thought. Like, okay, keep keep talking it up, Ezekiel, because you're about to lose a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, do you think it should have bit him in the ass this episode, or should this have been more of like a couple episode arcs to really let him build up something? Because. The thing is, I feel like they're going to have him kind of go off the deep end, or there's going to be this big morale setback. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's just the one battle. If it had gone multiple battles like that, like you'd have a, a Rob Stark-like string of victories. I'm okay with Ezekiel having a morale setback. I'm not okay with have him having a moral setback. Okay. So as long as, yeah, they keep it to that, and he doesn't question, like, oh, what are we doing? Should we be killing <laughs> Yeah, and I'm fine. He sits down with he sits down with uh, Shiva and says, "Shiva, yep. what are we doing? You're ripping out men's throats, and I'm killing them with guns." Like he is, it's like if the tiger starts morgalizing, can we riot? <laughs> yeah, we're done. If, if if Shiva ever is subtitled and she starts questioning why why do I have to eat meat? You know, it's just it's, uh, it's like I'm I'm a I'm a death machine incarnate. Did you know I can get all my protein from beans? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's going to become a <laughs> vegan tiger, man. Uh-huh. It's the only way forward. It's the only way forward. Because pretty soon you'll run out of zombies and you run yeah. out of, a good, uh, of bad people to eat. And then what are you going to do? It's going to be legumes for you, <laughs> Shiva. Legumes and long grain rice. All right, let's move on. Sorghum pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Rick and Morales' standoff. Uh, this is just bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's, you know, you know, the whole, we're not the same guys we used to be. You're a monster and a prize. And then it's like, you know, well, don't you know that the widow is actually Maggie and all this? I don't, I don't know. And he calls Rick Peaches. Yeah. Cause he's from Georgia. Set of your I shit, guess. Peaches. Like, come on, come on, Morales. Yeah. Uh, and then, then they killed him this episode for maximum yeah. lulls. I'm glad because I was really worried, and I'm still not sure that we won't get it, but yeah, like that what, bottle episode. What they did with Morales and Rick and Daryl is more interesting than this entire fucking yeah. conversation to recap. Yeah, and you know why? Because they never talk about it. Right. They never get out there and say, oh, we can't kill, we gotta kill, right? that kind of thing. Right. Daryl just does what he's gonna do yeah. because... These people have been fucking torturing him. Right, and this the, Morales is not really doing a good job in the conversation he overhears of convincing Daryl in the shadows that he is a you know capable of being reformed. Yeah, he's talking it, and I get that's the thing. The problem the show is like in this episode, Morgan says people to snap, they can't be brought back. It's like fucker, you've been brought back three times. Mm-hmm. I need to flip like a pancake. That's on you. Like you're walking proof. And uh, evidence against the positions that you argue. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like I said, I, I just want to kind of like fast forward to some of this Morales stuff. Okay. Um, so the next scene we see this is the 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 stalemate that's still going on between the drive by the the world's longest drive by and this uh, heavy weapons facility. And they hear over the radio that Morales wants us back inside, which we just got informed by Morales. And they stop shooting and start moving into the facility and rick's people realize that and kind of go off in hot pursuit yeah this whole scene suffers because of last episode because we were never properly introduced to um you know the setting like why why are the people fighting where are they fighting where are our teams right um and this is just kind of a continuation of that yeah so you know it's it's hard for me to engage in this scene uh you know what's easy for me to engage in Mm. aaron and eric yeah 
uh, you know, Aaron, he, he, he helps Eric to this tree, uh, and he finds an exit wound. He says, that's good. We can get you to the doctor. And Eric goes all like, oh, God, this this, this wasn't worth it. I, I, I never <laughs> wanted this. Oh, God, it's your fault. God, it hurts. Oh, God. It... No, he actually was super cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. Heroic. Heroic. Um, mm-hmm. Completely absolving Aaron of all of his guilt or attempting to do this and saying, like, yeah, you know, you're right. I didn't want this fight until I did. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not just here to make you happy. And I don't need you here by my side while I bleed out. They need you and that you can still help there. And it's like a, it's like I said, I don't know if I'm a sap or if this is a genuine moment, but I mean, that's a hell of a thing to like, you know, I might live. I'm probably going to die, but there's nothing that nothing you can do is going to change that. And and I would rather you help our friends that have a chance than comfort me in my dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 heady stuff. Yeah. And I think both of the actors do a good job. Um it's a shame I don't know Eric's name. We'll probably never learn it at this right. point because he's gone. Yeah. Um, but well, maybe. You know, Ross Marquand, maybe. But Ross Marquand does a really good job, and certainly in this part of the scene, a lot yeah. of people are making fun of his no tear crying. But like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's probably hard to get that worked up on on set. Yeah. Plus, like, if he's anything like me, like the the the, the time he the, when he really loses his shit will be like two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So this scene does remind me of you remember Jim from episode one or season one rather, yeah yeah the guy who died yeah, yeah, right, like, right. by the tree and they gave him a gun and yep. they drove off yeah yep. that reminded me a lot of that scene yeah um and it's it's kind of staging and at that point I knew Eric was done um I that's the thing he should be done yeah because he's done I, like in my mind he's done <laughs> okay. I know you're very much up in the air on it but... I got my guard up I yeah. got my I see I see that left cross or that right cross coming and I'm not I'm not I'm not sticking my chin out there for Gimple uh-uh. <laughs> um so no but I thought I thought this, this is a well-written scene uh borderline heroics all around and uh, it got to me uh, Tara is pantomiming, shooting the <laughs> the living saviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, of course, talks about how he wants to take them captive, and he says, "Maggie will know what to do with them." And Tara's like, "Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, total." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maggie's going to know exactly what to do. Like, sorry, Tara, I think you're in for disappointment. <sighs> I think we all are. Yeah, I think we all are. Uh, Tara is the uh, Tara is the the casual fan mm-hmm. of this season. Uh, so we go back to Morgan's group. And Evil Jesus, who's who I'm going to call this guy, is whistling and kind of antagonizing Morgan. Jesus and Morgan start morgalizing. Uh, Morgan starts lecturing him on the dangers of prisoners. I mean, his head doesn't explode. Uh-huh. Pretty amazing. And also, like this is another, this is the other thing the show does that drives me crazy is he's arguing in the ex- abstract for things that he has personal knowledge of, and mm-hmm. no one. You ever start an argument on fucking Facebook or in real life with someone that has, like, like you start talking healthcare and then the nurse flies into the argument? Well, I'm a fucking nurse. And, I, and I'm and i not saying yeah. which side of the argument I'm on. I'm not saying which side. I'm just saying, like, that's it. I tried this with the wolf and right. it like, didn't work. I used to think the way you did, fucker, that prison in Alexandria, it's got the, like, Morgan Memorial plaque over it. I built out these two fucking mitts. They're killing folks now because my shit doesn't work. I tr- Like, that's the yeah. first thing he should say. And then this would actually kind of be interesting and dramatic because what would Jesus say to that? Yeah. How would Jesus say, your direct experience bullshit, my theoretics is going to win the day? <laughs> right. But they don't. They don't. Yeah, no. And I, 
I, I can't remember. I think this is also the scene where Jesus goes on his, uh, you know, his big tear with with a speech, right? And he's talking to Morgan about, oh, I've killed, I kill, you have, you do, like all. <laughs> These are like fucking Dr. Seuss sentences it's like here. The, it's like serial killer Dick and Jane stuff. It's, yeah. it's complete but, but horseshit writing. But that's how they telegraph his descent into Dark Morgan. No, no, this is Jesus telling Morgan this stuff. What? Yeah. I thought it was the, those were Morgan's lines. No, I think those are Jesus' lines. But it, okay. it's, either way, it's ridiculous. The lines are, are they're supposed to be like these deep thoughts, but uh-huh. they're... They're said in such a simple, ridiculous way that yeah. I, I don't even know how you look at the page and say, yeah, this works. I mean, like I said, there's uh, – and it just takes so long. Like, for example, they go through like two minutes of dialogue to get to the one thing that advances, which is the difference between killing and execution. Sure. Yeah. And then they end there, and then they'll take two or three minutes to get to the next. Like, it's not – there's nothing crackling about it. It doesn't feel like opponent sparring. It feels like them – really laboring through pages of dialogue yeah all right should we move on yeah uh morales informs uh rick asks about his family he's trying to relate to him that's hostage negotiation 101 um or de-escalation uh he says my family never made it birmingham rick bet your fucking wife did yeah rick's like nah man she died and we had a fiesta it was pretty awesome (laughs) uh and he talks about, like, all the people they've lost that he knew that Morales knew and Glenn's wife. And he's like, well, yeah, and a wife. And he's, like, impressed that he was able to get a wife in this, this this, this shithole world we all live in now. Whatever. There's a baby in the other room, man. Yeah. Yeah. That baby was born during the apocalypse. Don't yes. tell me otherwise. Well, I mean, it's probably one of – maybe it's Negan's baby. Maybe it's not exactly a baby of consent. Well, yeah. There's, there's that. Probab- that's most likely, I didn't actually. see a mother around. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, and the, he says, are you a Negan? And Rick starts to, like, get you know get his dander up. And it's They don't call it the miracle of marriage. They call it the miracle of birth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, blah, blah, blah. Morgalizing, morgalizing. Daryl comes up behind him. Rick says, no way. And Daryl just kills him. And he mm-hmm. goes, but wait, that was, yeah, I know who it was. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Didn't matter one little bit. And and, yeah. and Daryl is right. He's absolutely right. This guy had a gun to you. If you get shot, you're one of our leaders. It's a bad It's a bad scene. No uh-huh. hesitation. Yep. Yeah. Good for you, Daryl. The episode wants us to be suspicious of Daryl's, I don't know, com- like, like, like willingness to get the job done. Uh, never. Okay. Never. All right. And Daryl, we trust. Yes. As, as, as many a t-shirt at many a con have said, and Daryl, we trust. Uh, Rick says, well, look, we got to get out of here before they're here. And boy, they are. There's, there's all kinds of saviors, and they got them pinned down. Um, fucking evil G- genius is going at Morgan again. And he says, there's something different about your armor. Oh, wait, you're wearing that dead kid's armor, you idiot. Mm-hmm. And he starts making fun of him. And then the Benny Hill music kicks off. But not before Morgan executes an empty threat here right by aiming the gun at him right it's not an empty threat i think he was fixing to shoot him until the walker started rolling downhill shooting somebody takes like half a second the bullets go pretty fast you could just do it and then turn around and kill some walkers yeah i don't i don't know i feel like (laughs) i know he got he got interrupted but come on I mean, in real life, he probably would have gone ahead and shot, and there wouldn't be the dramatic pause to let the action unfold. But you right, know, story. T- I, th- I think, I think, I think, I think you're nitpicking. 
Yeah. You're, you're a fucking dirty nitpicker, Jim. <laughs> this is what the show has done to you. I'm just executing <laughs> executing bad plot where I see it. Like but the ro- okay, would. we're bearing the lead. The rolling walkers is the most hilariously terrifying thing I've ever seen. It's like the walkers spilling out of that window at the gymnasium. Yeah, but yeah. fun. Because and, they're and funny, yeah. Because they're not like usually the waterfall of walkers has the undesirable effect of disabling the walkers because it's just kind of uh-huh. like you know it's one of those horrific things like oh they're just falling and breaking their legs instantly and it's kind of pathetic. But this is just like again you put Benny Hill behind this and it's high comedy. Yeah, and the saviors are all handcuffed together and losing their shit and it's it's chaos and. I actually loved this scene. I thought this scene was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, you never get to see the zombie go for the brain in, in The Walking Dead because, mm-hmm. the you know, the survivors usually have their hands. and the, the But with the, the these guys with their hands tied, like, the, the, the zombie got to go for the brain. Yeah. Got uh, in there. And Nicotero directed this one, right? Did he? I yeah. I felt like that that was a deliberate, like, you know, Romero kind of, like, brains homage. Hmm. He finally got a chance to do it. Um and half like a third of the chain gang managed to escape into the woods. Uh, Morgan sh- goes off in hot pursuit and shoots one, and Jesus stops him, and they morgalize, and then they have a ninja fight. Mm-hmm. This is where Morgan uh, Morgan opines that once you break, you're gone. Um, yeah, it's it's do do you do you want to do you want to say anything about it? No, I mean I thought they were just gonna they started the fight, and I thought they were just just gonna interrupt it with a commercial. Um, which they did, and it really took the wind out of the sails, but then they didn't stop there. They interrupted it by cutting back and forth between other scenes. Yeah, which kind of like it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is a real, this is a, this is one of those events that's real time and you stick with it. I think so. I mean, that's how I would have tried to film it. Uh, so we go back to a creepily grinning Ezekiel because he's really committing to this character. Uh, he gives a pretty effective speech, and then they go clear a small compound that looks like some kind of abandoned auto shop, maybe. Which I, I think the locations they found here are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like that abandoned auto shop, good job location scouts for that. Uh, they then assault a granary and take out some scouts and catch them in another crossfire. And my estimation for Ezekiel's leadership is kind of going through the roof at this point because say what you will about the Shakespeare shit. Like these are some competent, well-executed plans. Yeah, they have strategy. It's not their fault that they edited the first scene together to make it look like they're shooting at each other. <laughs> um, son of the gunmanship is really rough. Have you, now, now, the secret's out in The Walking Dead that 90, 90% of the time when you're seeing people firing guns, they're firing like solid rubber guns that don't yeah. have blanks. And I saw one guy holding like what's supposed to be an automatic weapon, but he's doing the kickback like it's a single shot. Uh-huh. But the animators are still like having to fire like it's just... Ho- it, it, it looks like he's just got very poor control of this machine gun. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, again, rough gunmanship on these extras all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick and Daryl have to fight this running gun battle through the heavy weapons depot. They run, run low on ammo. Uh, Daryl kind of smiles at one point. There's just extraordinarily sloppy editing here because Daryl switches guns. They go close up on him with the judge. Blam, blam, blam. And then they cut the scene back over his shoulder and he's holding a semi-automatic pistol. Huh. Now I'm nitpicking. Um, and it's just like, I think that I think it's because they're reversing some of these scenes and they're not keeping track of the sequence. And I don't know who to blame Nicotero, the editor probably blame to go around. Yeah. Uh, Morgan won't fight down back down from his Morgan fight. 
any interest in, in recapping that? <laughs> Where is everyone else when this is happening? That's what I'm saying. Like they, I thought that when this happened, the you know the shitty bow girl too was right behind Jesus. I did too. But then when they this fight comes to a conclusion, they all run up as if I don't may, maybe Morgan and Jesus have had this running ninja battle through the forest. It's covered like two and a half miles. Right, it's just his range, and everybody's <laughs> just completely out. That's that's why they had to keep taking breaks and cutting away. Uh-huh. They're just just getting out of breath. The the cardio required to keep up this ninja fight. Uh, Daryl's out of ammo. Uh, Rick comes up with the idea to make a smoke screen by shooting a fire extinguisher, which I'm not even sure would work, but whatever. Video game logic. Uh, there's fighting in the fog, and then Aaron comes to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Yay! Looks like they're gonna pull out after all. Uh, Morgan and Jesus still going at it. Jesus disarms it and asks, is it over? And the broomstick to the throat says it's not. Morgan saying, what? Says I'm crazy. And that's kind of the theme of his next monologue. I've, I've, I've flipped my bean. I don't, I'm, I'm not right. But that don't make me yeah. wrong. <laughs> right. I, 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 if you go to Morgalize, show me something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. I I I I got I thought that was pretty satisfying. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not right, but that don't I, I might be nigh in my right head, but that doesn't make what I'm saying wrong. And and says he says I can't be part of this and walks off in disgust. Tara says he's right, but nothing really resolves. Like where is Morgan going? Is he going to go off and do some more clearing? No, I, I think he's just going to head back with the group. Huh. Um I think he's going to have probably some time to himself when he, when he gets back. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I, I guess I don't want to see Morgan walk off like Carol or something, or like Morgan the first. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like this, I, he's he does he's done this at least twice before, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Like, I mean, is this the last? Is is this is this it for him? Um, how much? How how many times can they have this crazy guy decide to not kill people, then kill people, then I've gone crazy <laughs> from killing people? I need to get clear, and that's the thing. I. I remember the episode Clear. Clear is one of the best episodes right. of The Walking Dead of all time. And it was the first instance of this. And he's saying pretty much like a lot of the exact same things in yes. that episode. You know, he, he he's lost his mind and he's struggling with it. The, the reason Clear was good is because we had his character that we... A lot, you know, cared about who had helped our main protagonist from along. season one, and I'm like, it's almost like they're trying to strike the same gold twice with this Morales, only uh-huh. with the, obviously a different result. But Morgan, yeah, the reason that is like that's the first time we'd seen this. Right, we've seen this with Morgan three other times. Right, and, and it's lost all of its power at this point. Right, so and they like, they continue to think that it somehow still works, and they're just going to trot it out whenever they need it, and. And it's not even just Morgan. You know, we talked about this before, but it's every single character has had this arc multiple times. Rick and Daryl are about to do it. Someone sent me a, an email in the feedback that said, that gave me a quote from Rolling Stone that mm-hmm. said, these characters don't have arcs, they have loops. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Uh-huh. That's well put. Um, so, more, you know, the most interesting thing they could do with Morgan is just have him walk off. Yeah. Like, literally, you never see him again. Like the rest of the the rest of the series, Morgan never comes back. This is the final way we see him. He just walks off in the woods. Maybe you check in with him like once, no, once a season or I want, something. I want to keep the mystery. But but he's just still he just continues to walk. Or, or like every season, you have a cold open, kind of like when he is in the mask following him, uh-huh. and he's always like it's thirty seconds of him just like staring off in the middle distance. He's milking a goat. 
<laughs> and then it plays the Walking Dead music, and then that's it. That's it for that season. Uh-huh. Next season, you see him, and he's like marking on a tree, and then that's it. Like, oh, Morgan, this is gonna be the season where Morgan comes back. <laughs> yeah. Then the next season, the cold open is him playing a harmonica by fire, mm-hmm. and it's just like, yeah, I, I could get by that, but that's that's the amount of Morgan I want to see going forward. Hmm. Uh, so we're at the hilltop, and Enid is keeping watch on the wall. Uh, when Gregory walks up and says he wants back in, and I, they, they drop an anvil on his head, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it because he just—he's that got that thing where it's like someone someone telling you a sob story for cash. Mm-hmm. It's already shameless, so they've got they just the, the, until you tell them like, okay, no, for real, it's not going to happen. They will continue to elaborate and elaborate and try whatever, and yeah, because they got nothing to point. lose. They got nothing yep. to lose, and that's what Gregory's doing. And it's just it's really it's filmed as a comedy. Yeah, um, just him. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of this shit wasn't improvised. It is. I just have no patience for this person, and I don't see how anyone in the show possibly could. Because it's going to be so funny when he dies. Is it? I it's mean, they have so to make it funny. spectacular. He needs to, oh, like, it's gonna, it's gonna be, be on one end of a seesaw, and Daryl jumps on the other end and flings him into a pile of zombies or something. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. They're building this. Uh, I, have, I have faith that his end will justify this. And, cause, and okay. in, in the meantime, it's just funny. It's just funny. Like, he's not a threat. He has no power. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's yeah. Just I, a wor- I mean, I'd see what they're going for, and you I mean, know. Kai, like he's saying that Kai is delusional, and Kai leans out from the the wall. Hey, like that's fucking, yeah. that's fucking comedy. I guess I just have no patience for it because I have no patience for the characters not doing the things that they should be doing. And in this scene, it takes these characters being monumentally merciful, mm-hmm. like. If they don't build a 60-foot statue to Maggie, if Gregory isn't out there tomorrow casting the fucking bronze for that thing, <laughs> then they've lost all all sense of reasonability. I me. mean, you're right, because like at any time when at this point in this war, if Gregory gets word of anything, he can just run and tell Negan. Yeah, and he will. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just it's just that I I, I just I just laughed a lot at that scene. So you're right. It was a silly scene for it's sure. It's a silly scene, and I guess maybe yeah. maybe I've turned the corner in The Walking Dead, where mm-hmm. like I now see that, and I think it's super funny. Even though you're right, it's also stupid, and it would never happen in real life. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's infuriating you, you, to me. You can't you you, you can't watch Always Sunny that way. You'll you'll no, be like this is the worst right. drama of all time. There's nothing <laughs> makes sense. These characters are unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> this Charlie guy. What the hell, man? Yeah. Um. What's the Catholic priest? What's his name? Gabriel? No, no, no. Oh, like, rickety cricket. Yeah. Rickety cricket. What if like? <laughs> what if Gabriel becomes rickety cricket? <laughs> like you can't say like why does he keep coming back for this abuse? Uh-huh. He's rickety cricket, man. He's rickety cricket. He's yeah. got his shitting pants on, and he's he's here to play. Okay, you know if if Always Sunny <laughs> were trying to take itself super seriously, I mm. I might have some problems with that too. Maybe I'm like Morgan. I broke. I think you broke. Yeah, I've, I've broke. I've, 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 I've just because I'm wrong. Just because I'm not right, Jim <laughs> doesn't, mean, you're doesn't wrong. mean I'm wrong. 
I, I, here I was saying, like, do the right thing, Maggie, because Enid is watching. Enid is right. watching. And the right thing here is to put a skewer up Gregory's ass and I have thought a zombie she, I actually thought she would shoot him in the face or something. Oh, she should. But I feel like he needs to die screaming at the hands of yeah. either Negan or zombies. Sure. Like, Maggie would just to give him a merciful, humane death. and Let me say one good thing I about hope, The I hope Walking they got, Dead. I hope they got something special, say, for him. Right. That, that's the thing. The Walking Dead does make you really hate the people that you're supposed to hate. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it makes you hate the people you're supposed to love as right. well. Right. Uh, they do send mixed messages. But <laughs> I fucking hate this long-haired savior guy. Absolutely hate him. I fucking hate Gregory. I want both of them to die screaming. And you're right. It will be gloriously satisfying when those things happen. Yeah. And it better it better be gloriously satisfying. Right. If it's not. If after all this they get a bullet to the head, yeah. uh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. <sighs> all right. So Jesus has all the hostages, and he takes them to the hilltop, and Gregory is screaming. Like, I mean, this is like, like a fucking biblical parable right here. Uh, he literally just got pardoned for the unpardonable. Mm-hmm. It's it's the faithless slave um, uh, 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 fucking parable that Jesus tried to tell. And he's he's in the gates and he's right away like, all these people are terrible and I want them dead. And Jesus is like, they got surrendered. And Maggie's like, we got families. And Jesus says, we can't let them go. We can't kill them. I got two trailers out back. Let's Let's have a prison camp. I mean, sure, why not? Let's label a car A. Mm-hmm. Let's label a car B. Worked out real well for the Terminus You people. know, I've noticed also, Maggie, that our food stocks are running low. Uh-huh. So, yeah, this is how Terminus started. Yeah, the sure. Saviors took 90% of the food at Alexandria. Uh-huh. What are we going to feed them with? Yeah, yeah. This is G- this. No one sees No one sees the, the heel turn for Jesus. <laughs> is he just going to go murder everybody? No, he's going to start. Yeah, he's going to. This is the, We're making a Terminus joke. Of course he is. Oh, okay. Um... All right, uh, we see a fresh crop of zombies doing their thing, which I thought was kind of like it's been a long time since. I mean, that, that's one of the points, right? That like this all-out war. One of the consequences is like it's 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 now humanity uh, forgetting the true enemy, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I saw. I kept on thinking I saw redheads in the crowd eating people, and I'm like, Eric, Eric, you know, just <laughs> at, at the same time, the Aaron is all like, Eric, Eric. Rick's walking around taking Polaroids, which I think is kind of a cool concept because I now I think what he's doing is he's like a wartime journalist. He's photographing and recording like details of the battle of the heavy weapons depot and how many people died and how because like huh. you know because if you don't if you like like part of rebooting civilization is reboot, rebooting the history right like if no one does this then how will people remember twenty years from now why we don't do these things okay. I could be yeah. wrong. Maybe he's like, may, or, or, or he's doing it so he can make a memorial to all the people that lost. I, I, I think they're trying to do something interesting here, and I'm trying to give him as much credit as I can because I've lost my damn mind. Yeah, my my original thought. So I, I guess I would find that interesting if they were to go that direction. But my initial thought was that maybe he was going to use this as some form of fear fear inducing weapon. Like he's taking photos of all the carnage that they've reaped, right? Um, and he's gonna like somehow drop these, like uh, catapult them in through the savior's broken ass windows now, right. or something like that. Oh, um, like, so that they see all these polaroids no of your dead friends. Yeah, no one's coming to save you. Negan with his shitting pants on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That was my initial thought, but I don't know. I really don't know. 
Double uh, A Ron staggers off to find an empty tree where he left Eric, and all that's left behind is a gun, and the blood is just covering the tree. And Aaron sees a zombie in the de- distance, which I think looks like a zombie Eric, wander off after his new pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then some guy from Alexandria comes up and says, it's not him, we gotta leave. It, I, I, I feel like there's a little bit of an intentional cliffhanger being left here. Which you, I don't, you don't like. think it's not him is figurative. Well, I mean, I, like, yes, you he's can, a zombie now. That's not him anymore. You can take it that way. You can take it of him just trying to, um, you know, give Eric or Aaron a little bit of comfort just so he can get him out of there. Yeah. Um, you can take it a, a bunch of different ways. I just feel <laughs> Once like he's in the truck. Oh, I lied. That was totally him. <laughs> that was totally yeah, yeah, totally yeah, guy. You, you don't wait for him to come home. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I, I, feel, I I would rather him just be dead because this is an emotionally perfect arc mm-hmm. that they told in a single episode. And, um, you know, it's a bummer that they have to, like... I mean, I, I, I think it's amazing that they generated that much emotion out of a relatively minor character's death. Like, Aaron is a minor character, right? Uh, yeah, kind of like they did with Denise... Yeah, um, we yeah, really so you gotta, came you gotta, to like you Denise. The, the minor character having the relationship with the minor character, but we like them both enough, and they have been very cute together. That, and plus, you can just plug yourself in this. Like, you know, what would it be like to be the person left behind by the tree and be make that brave decision to die alone rather than selfishly keep your loved one there for comfort? What would be what would it be to be like the person that has to leave that person behind? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's it's a, it's a good scene for empathy. But I do. I, I, so you think I'm? You think I'm seeing? I, I'm I'm completely being irrational here. Like there's. You think there's no way they're gonna? No, I don't have think, a will. They won't. They. I don't think there's no way. Okay. But, um, that's just not how I read it. All right. Uh, Aaron volunteers to take the orphan baby Gracie, who Rick has rescued at this point, to Hilltop because him and Aaron or him and Eric were gonna head there afterwards anyway. Uh, Daryl is behind him, kind of trying not to lose his shit, is how I read the situation. Um, but then Aaron goes to take the baby, and Daryl and Rick go on to uh, do their next plan when someone takes a pot shot at him. And Rick negotiates with the guy in apparent good faith. Uh, after he gives Rick the information he wants, Daryl shoots him. Rick gets borderline offended. Discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, does Aaron have any applesauce in his bag? because <laughs> that baby's gonna need something to eat yeah he's been saving up all the applesauce in secret because he just doesn't want to eat it uh and it's gonna be a boon now for the baby uh-huh uh i don't the this scene with rick when he says a man's words gotta mean something was he serious because i as he said that i thought i like oh he rick's just saying shit to get this guy to come out and disarm him or whatever but mm-hmm. then rick did seem offended when daryl shot him yeah no i i think Rick really would stand by his word here. Uh-huh. Um he I don't think he wanted to necessarily execute this guy and that might be, you know, that might make the difference when they come back and say, "Well, we would have killed them if they tried to resist, but we can't execute them." You know, right. all these people that they've taken back. Well, like I said last week, there are very good reasons to let or uh, accept surrender because if you don't then you're going to fight they're people going to the word's going to get out people are going to fight to the last man and you're going to suffer a lot more casualties Mm -hmm. you're going to your the land and people and equipment and supplies are going to take a beating for the extra conflict it's just a bad idea all around again week two into this and no one has actually said the correct reason 
the mm. correct non-morgalizing, non-morality, navel-gazing reason to do this. The reason, the reason behind this kind of chivalrous behavior. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but on the other hand, so I, I'm kind of torn in this scene because Daryl makes Rick look like a liar. Right. Uh, which I don't think Rick wanted. I think Rick would have kept his word here, but Daryl didn't give him the option. Mm-hmm. But so, I think Daryl, I think, Dar- like, they're trying to portray Daryl as being kind of far gone. Yeah, I mean, these are the people who tortured him last season, you know? Right. Um, I see why he's doing what he's doing, and in a lot of respects, I agree with it. But, right. uh, yeah, he definitely makes Rick out to be a liar here. Right. Luckily, no one is around to see it, other than Daryl and him- himself, but... Yeah. Um, now that Eric is dead... This is something he's kicked around a few times before. Do you think there's going to be something other than a brotherly relationship between Daryl and Aaron? It's possible. Yeah. I mean, they got really... They seem they're, like... They're going to have to have a scene where Daryl, you know, and, and Aaron come together to talk about Eric at the very least, right? Oh, because yeah. Because they were like, all I don't friends. think... Like, I think it'll be kind of gross if it, it's... It's actually borderline gross for me. Like, I feel very ghoulish having this discussion, but, you know, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm also a fan. Um... I feel like that, yeah, like that's this isn't something that should happen like this this season, maybe next half season or the season after that to like like start laying mm-hmm. the tracks of that. I don't know. I think it needs to happen as soon as the immediate threat is over, right. Um, you know, if if that means, oh, well, we're gonna take a day to to regather and and mount a new plan or whatever, they could do it during that, or if they want to wait till all out war is over entirely and Negan's dead then they can do Cause, that because I like that I, I, I've been thinking about that idea I had about like what do they do like if, if, if they try to rehabilitate Dwight as a character because he's working with them and assuming this all goes the way the good guys the good guys side and Dwight survives like we were talking about how like Daryl might play the role for him that Aaron and Eric played for him going into Alexandria kind of like helping him come in and like re-civilizing him yeah, like Aaron and Aaron and Daryl, regardless of the relationship status, I still think could do that uh, for Dwight. Yeah, although it's going to be like it's going to be hard. Like the, the 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 conflict there is like both of them have good reasons to hate Dwight. Like you know, Daryl, he's a savior. Plus, he enslaved him and all that. And then Aaron, you know, he's a savior, and saviors killed his his uh, his his the love of his life. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the other thing that they do in this scene is they confirm that everything. Dwight told them is true, um, or at least it was up to a certain point, right? Yeah. The guy said there were guns here. Yeah, they just moved them yesterday. But, but that's also if I was Rick, I'd be I'd be thinking, has Dwight betrayed us? Because why the fuck would they move this shit yesterday? Yeah, um, I don't know. Everything else was exactly right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Right. That they gave him, and this one thing was correct until yesterday. So yeah. I think like. If I'm Rick, I'm saying, all right, well, it's just something he couldn't have foreseen. It was a coincidence, and it happened. Because everything though. else is right. I think you're supposed to notice it, though. Yeah, yeah. It, it's supposed to be a mystery, but I, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, Ezekiel surveys the battlefield of the granary and is amazed at himself for losing not one. Uh, Carol says, okay, let's go sweep the facility and make sure. Mm-hmm. And the rest decide to go and take care of the enemy because there's still some saviors alive on the ground uh one of ezekiel's knights seems to pause to suggest or offer an opinion that maybe they should try something else and ezekiel reminds them it's we or they 
As he says this, he notices a sniper nest set up in the one of the top of the towers of the barns and the car, car, uh, compound, and he tells them to scatter as they're fired upon, and the night shot cover the king and tackle him, but oh boy, there's just blood splashing everywhere. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a little shop of horrors as they they tackle him to the ground. I think I think Ezekiel is going to have to cl- climb out from a pile of corpses that is comprised of his men. I think Carol's going to yep. sweep that that sniper, and then Ezekiel's going to have to deal with some uh, some some of the fallout from his false bravado. Uh huh. That's the episode. All right. Any closing thoughts? No. Uh, the the final twist that uh-huh. oh surprise you did actually lose people was not very surprising because that's what the walking dead does is it relies on these twists of of circumstance right. to to set up its narrative punch and it it gets tired after a while you know yeah, you see it coming so my question is because it seems like the show has established that ezekiel doesn't really have any special qualifications it's just that he's he sold this kind of mythos, this mm-hmm. this legend around like this this Camelot thing, and now it seems like the illusion is going to be at least partially shattered. Yeah. So what does he have to offer? Like, are, is is the bullshit that he sells going to be as effective now that they've sustained like what looks to be fifty percent losses? Like a lot of knights look like they at least took took damage, mm-hmm. took took rounds. I think he should say yep i fucked up uh mm-hmm. and carol the whole time was advising me otherwise she should take over the military operations i'll just run the the kingdom because the kingdom is awesome yeah like the kingdom is a great place to be but it is because he they just, believe in him if he's right that's what i'm saying like it's uh but if he can lead if he can lead them i guess to prosperity in all other ways uh-huh. uh and carol can be the badass who who leads them into battle yeah, I think maybe that would be cool. I just think they're more connected. Like the prosperity in other ways, as you say, is a lot connected to the people respecting Ezekiel and his Absolutely. ability to protect and lead them. They give a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, so now they're sure. like that's that's going to like I don't think he's going to be as an awesome leader at anything because he was only awesome at having a tiger and quoting Shakespeare. He's not got the tiger. He still has a tiger. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like, it's ti- tiger poops that are making. The kingdom's so prosperous. <laughs> it's the crops. They grow like mad. Oh, yeah. Tiger fertilizer. It's, yeah. It's the... Beans filtered through a tiger are really, <laughs> really good for your soil. Yeah. Vegan tiger shit. Uh-huh. Man, the, the hippies, the, the organic hippies go nuts for it. <laughs> they go nuts for it. Uh, all right. I think it's time to get to feedback. If okay. If we're talking about tiger poop fertilizer. Which, yeah. by the way... This week's podcast sponsored by Shiva brand Tiger Poop Fertilizer. <laughs> I don't think that's true. 100% vegan. Did you sell some ads I'm unaware of? <laughs> yeah, and you know what they pay in? Nothing. Tiger shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's alpacas it's all over again, Jim. Okay. All right. Let's get into feedback. Before we get to feedback, we have a sponsor today. It's uh, Sonos, who wants us to tell you about the new Sonos One with the Amazon Alexa built right in. It's the smart speaker for music lovers. Uh, We've been using these Sonos uh, speakers for a while. We've got the Entertainment Center version of it uh, that came with two um, of the Sonos uh, speakers. And this is essentially the same technology that sounds great. And it's, it's truly wireless speakers. You don't need any connection except for a power cord to make it work. Super easy to set up through the app. It's the same same great stuff, except for now it's got Amazon Alexa built right in. Uh, 
funnily enough, we've been given examples of what you can do, and one of the ladies uh, that has this device already says every time we say, Alexa, do something or something, she says it's activated it on two or yeah. three occasions. Oh, I figured. So that's how, like, I can, I can, I mean, I don't Alexa, know. Alexa, sign a... up for Club Bald Moves. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Sign up for the twelve month option. Want to <laughs> lock him in for long term, Alexa? Can you take care of that? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's great. It's awesome. It sounds great. Something I discovered about it just a couple days ago when I was uh, looking at the review is that it's moisture resistant. Mm. So they mark it as great for uh, places like your bathroom or your back porch. So if you're grilling, oh, that's cool. Grilling. Um, Grilling a hamburger and, uh, you know, your hands are busy and you want to skip to the next track, you can just be like, hey, Alexa, next track. Or if you're in a shower and you're soaping up and, you, you know, obviously your hands are wet, uh, you still got that full control over your music and sound. Rocking out like Ferris Bueller for the 21st century. Yeah, and they do. Like, these are the size of, like, a coffee can and they sound amazing. And the uh, voice activation is really cool and it, it, it gives you a lot of freedom that you don't even realize you were missing until you got. Uh, it's a great deal, and Sonos is sweetening the already pretty package they got. What is the offer that they're ex- extending to our Watching Dead fans? Uh, right now they're giving listeners of Watching Dead 10% off one order of $2,500 or less. Um, so, you know, I think you can spend 100 200 300 Shall get I continue? 20, 10 20 $30 off. Yeah, you get 10% off any 10%, product. That's easy to do math. That's that's the kind of power yeah. Sonos is. You just shift that decimal one place. It's e- easier than leaving a tip, basically. It's, figuring right. out your tip. is figuring out how much you can save for any product on Sonos.com. 18.5% tips are to be given, and, like, I just don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. Is that all my money? Uh, well, you can you can certainly save a significant amount of it by going to Sonos.com um, and using the promo code WATCHING10. It's capital W-A-T-C-H-I-N-G-1-0. Using the numbers on that one uh, as opposed to the speaker, which uses the word. Uh, You're just muddying I, the I, waters. I'm sorry. You're muddying I'm sorry. the waters. One zero at the end of watching uh, at Sonos.com to receive the offer. It, it can't be combined with any other discounts or promotions, and it's limited time only, so you might want to get in now if you're thinking about buying uh, some Bluetooth speakers or a home sound system, any of that stuff. It's you, great you, equipment. You, you don't want to run wires. Who wants to run wires across the floor and their walls? Just go with the wireless speakers. Go with the Sonos One. Use use their, their promo code. It's awesome. This podcast also sponsored by club.baldmove.com. Mm-hmm. Uh I, increasingly, after what you said in the intro about people just listen, watch, listen to the show to vicariously hate on The Walking Dead, I feel yeah. like this is less an ad and more of a cry for help. Like, like hmm. you know, uh, every time, every time you sign up for the club, you're essentially enabling our behavior. Like, like may, maybe they should go the so other. So it's a cry for help that results in us getting the opposite of what uh, we want. I mean, they need to do, like this. I, 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 I'm telling you not to sign up for the club. Hmm. This is sick. It needs to stop. <laughs> we are we are not right. Mm-hmm. We are probably also wrong. And going to the club.baldmove.com is is borderline irresponsible at this point. But I'm gonna tell you why it's tempting. Because it will it will keep us it kill, will keep our nose at this grindstone. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also gives you a whole bunch of extra features. Uh, as I mentioned, it's been a little rough, rocky start to the season. Uh, as far as live watches, but live watching the wa- Watching Dead with us, or the Walking Dead with us, rather, don't have my branding straight, uh, is a hoot. 
It's a it lot is. of fun. Where yeah. we 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 have a way for you to synchronize our commentary up with the show, and it's like a mystery science theater type experience. We make fun of local commercials. You can you can you can see a checkerboard version of Cincinnati's finest local commercials. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. One of the many features you can go to club.bubblemove.com uh, to get the full pitch for. Uh, you can try it for free for thirty days. Uh, again, you're enabling destructive behavior amongst podcasters. You are keeping yourself in a perpetually locked cycle of vengeance against The Walking Dead. Uh, but but if 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 you're that type of unhealthy person, go to club.baldmove.com and pitch in. Uh, we start with Vicky, who says, "After listening to your most recent podcast, I wanted to let you know my opinion." I find that whenever Scott M. Gimple is on The Talking Dead, he acts like whatever is shown on The talk, the Walking Dead is perfect. Yeah. He acts like nothing can ever be improved about the show, and if we, the audience, think something is off, it is our problem, not his, which drives me crazy and angers me because the show <laughs> needs help, which it doesn't seem to be getting. I've noticed that he has never directed an episode. Maybe if he had directed an episode, he would see that the show's direction is going off the rails. Um, is that true? He's he, never... I, I don't know. Uh, certainly Vicky asserts that, but I did not verify that. Wow. That fact. Um, no, he, it's super annoying. I've seen a couple of his public appearances mm-hmm. and the regard he has for, no, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's genuine, who knows? It could be a fake it till you make it and it's, it's worked this far, but the way he carries himself with unlimited regard for his himself and the He's work. He's the Ezekiel of the the team well, the walking dead my, production mine team. is kind of like the charm and so far being curt right like this is he, is, is he doing a fake scott, Gimp, scott gimple is ezekiel after he's had three and a half seasons of sustained 50 percent losses mm-hmm. and he's still saying not one soul this day shall fall <laughs> not one viewer that's, shall we lose right <laughs> uh uh scott we lost seven million last season <laughs> Well, at least burritos will be catered to the writing room, am I right? <laughs> Cocktails. That's how. That's that's his leadership style. Uh, she also says now that he is taking over Fear of the Walking Dead, which I didn't know. That sounds terrible. Uh, I think the show will go downhill after its recent season received a boost. Uh, the ratings in The Walking Dead I just read has gone down in episode two. It's time for Gimple to be replaced. Here's the problem with that. They've done that three times. And I don't think it's just Gimple's problem. They've had Mazera in there. Yeah. Um, who also did an equally bad job, and we kept giving him excuses. Oh, well, he's got this scramble to right. do uh, after Darabont left him in the wind. Yeah. Uh, turns out none of that is true. Like, Mazera just didn't do a great job running it. Gimple didn't do a great job running it, and it's maybe not even totally their fault. I could see, on one hand, like Gimple getting out there and publicly saying, yeah, everything is great. We love the show. We're proud of it. Uh, everybody who makes it is awesome, and there's nothing wrong with it. But behind the scenes having the same kind of arguments that a Darabont would have had with AMC executives where he's just not getting the tools that he needs. Yeah, I got to so I mean I'll play a devil's advocate here and I think they should get rid of Gimple because they can't do worse and the long shot But they shot, won't do better is the problem. But here's the long here's the long shot. They find some young guy who is excited about zombies and maybe he doesn't have a lot of experience but he's got the ambition that like you know what to turn around the show like The Walking Dead and, you know, because that's the thing. The things that The Walking Dead doesn't do well are kind of the inexpensive parts. Like, right, like getting quality writers is not where you spend a ton of money. You know, I think directors mm-hmm. are more expensive. But, like, you know, like maybe maybe steal some out of the special effects budget and and get, get some better writers. I, I mean, 
I, I, Gimple just we know we're going to get with Gimple and it's going to be terrible in a particular way that's like boring and not fun to watch. So maybe we can get something that's terrible that's that's more fun to watch or a guy who's not terrible because another thing is you I I openly wonder if you got someone that w- didn't have Gimple's fucking flair for the dramatic. Mm. And just told the same story in a very straightforward, linear fashion if it would be more engaging just because you don't have the like, – like so much of this herky-jerky shit that they're doing for artsy-fartsy reasons is actually interfering with the pacing and storytelling. Sure, absolutely. But I just worry that bringing anybody in there would be setting them up to fail because – Yeah, probably. The, the – it's clear to me that the money is not spent on this show that should be spent and certainly not in the right places. I mean, maybe it's a problem of Nicotero being an EP as well and having too much say and saying, we want the effects budget to be huge because that's the thing this show is known for. Um, You know what? It's also known for bad writing. It's (laughs) also known for ridiculous plots that are, are repetitious and terrible. So fix those problems and maybe take a little bit out of the effects budget to do it. What if if you what, need to, or up the overall budget? Like it's it's yeah. on the executives, it's it's on everybody involved. And I think bringing a new showrunner in there is not going to necessarily fix it. Yeah, I, I also think the other hope, I guess, is that if you bring in like like what if AMC does cleaned house, <laughs> like recast the show top to bottom. Um, move it to a different location, like it's been in Georgia for like check out. Like there's 37 states now offering filming locations. Uh, you take it someplace else. Um, completely new production staff. Just essentially reboot The Walking Dead, but at this like like right after the All Out War storyline. Mm-hmm. Just like okay, that was Volume One of The Walking Dead. Here's Volume Two because they're I mean they they're gonna have to do a lot of this anyway or stop it. And then it's also. You know how like when the shitty barbecue joint in town goes out of business and it like opens back up and it says now under new management. Assuming that's true, people give it another shot. Like it, it could because I don't think people. But I think you're describing odds, a show that exists. It's called Fear the Walking Dead. That's what they did. Yeah, but it doesn't have the same characters. Like I, <laughs> okay, yeah. I suppose so, but I don't know that I want the baggage of these characters in there. You don't because... want vo- you don't want Volume Two: of The Walking Dead now under new management. You don't like like it used well, to be a Chinese place. Now it's a rib joint. You're not going to try the ribs? Probably not. No, because the people at the top, the owners, will still be the same, and they'll hire the same shitty people. They'll spend the same amount on the the well, they'll shitty hire different, chicken they'll hire that they different buy. Shitty like that, they'll skimp on how much sauce they use, and it just won't taste good. Hmm. Sometimes you get a superstar, though. I mean, you gotta you gotta fire the owners of this thing, you know. Yeah, you, you, you gotta fire the CEO you, you, of Amazon who I, says, or I, sorry, of AMC who says this is gonna run for decades. Look, man, Fuck I'm not I'm not looking for four Michelin stars. I'm looking for maybe a young guy Ferrari on the come. <laughs> like he's 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 the guy Ferrari camera, and he's gonna yeah, he's gonna. He, <laughs> Ferrari, whatever. Ferrari, but no, Ferrari. Guy Ferrari, Guy Ferrari, <laughs> Guy Ferrari on the come. I want to get him in there. Yeah. I want to flip some zombies, cover it in cheese and straw fries. He's got put hair his, that's literally his, made of barbecue put, sauce. Put his Ferrari sauce on it and let's see if I'll eat it. I'll try that. <laughs> I've had the Gimple Burger. It's not good. Ferrari the Walking Dead. <laughs> this is the new show on AMC. Okay. Oh, fuck me. All right, Brad from Cincinnati. That was gold. Whoever sent that email, a fucking hero. Hero (laughs) to the podcast. Oh, I'm crying. (laughs) It's so funny I'm crying. Can we get a Guy Ferrari t-shirt? 
<laughs> we should. All right. Brad from Cincinnati says, I was watching The Walking Dead, and now that they're attacking fixed human fortifications, it made me wonder, where is the artillery? The U.S. Army Reserves National Guard Marine Corps literally have thousands of mortars and pieces of tube artillery at bases around the country. I know a helicopter or tank might be difficult to learn how to use, but a towed howitzer or mortar can't be that tough. And in the initial panic where the dead were perceived the threat at the time, no one thought to steal a 155-millimeter towed field gun? Mm. No one? Yeah, how about a Humvee I mean, with the 50 cal? Right, there have been surprisingly few like military-based weapons or vehicles. Yeah, they went right to like '90s era Somali warlord. No, not even that. I, There's I, no RPGs. There's well, yeah. there was the one RPG. There was, there was one, yeah, that yeah. they found on a bridge in a Humvee. Yeah. So. Yeah, there that that would be that would be maybe too cool. You think it's a matter of like all of that that weaponry has been concentrated in certain places maybe. That, that are not rural? Maybe it'd be it'll, it'll be uh. Like there'll be a final boss character that's mm-hmm. got like you know he's he's like Negan only he hasn't he's got tanks and shit. That's the thing. I would have thought Negan would go after that kind of stuff. Yeah, because that's like weaponry how much stuff is around on the East Coast, like around Washington D.C. and right, all the bases over there. Right, there'd be tons of stuff. Yeah, and then you give go to like uh, uh, where the CIA's got their freaky deaky shit. Yeah, Area Fifty One. <laughs> Oh, that's that's the, that's like the Air Force, right? No, CIA. I, I don't know who runs the Area Fifty One. They got that. They probably got some underground X Men layer shit with invisible jets and James mm. Bond watches. That's yeah. that's the compound I want to see next. I want to uh, see some jump jets and some thermal infrared umbrellas. <laughs> I want to get Kingsman some Kingsman stuff. shit in there too. Yeah, get weird with it. Get All weird right. with it. Uh, Ryan That's what R. God Ferrari would bring to the, to the table. <laughs> he would. Weird, some weird shit. Ryan R. says, for years now, Aaron has given... Oh, this is gonna. This is an attack email, Aaron. Aaron has given... Kirk- Welcome to Flavortown. I'm ready. <laughs> He's given Kirkman way too much blame for how shitty this show is. This is not Kirkman's show, and it never has been. He is not responsible for setting the budget. He's not responsible for the design or the direction. He's not even the head writer. He's an EP and guest writer for the show. Every time I heard Aaron utter the bizarre phrase, Kirkman Remix, I immediately have to yell Gimple like a crazy person with a tick. Uh, Robert Kirkman is to The Walking Dead what George Martin was to The Game of Thrones. Nothing more and nothing less. Um, The EP credit is basically a thank you for letting us adapt your material nod. Now that he's left production, I look forward to you guys no longer blaming the wrong person and going after the ones who actually deserve it. AMC, Scott Gimple, and Greg Nicotero. I mean... I don't know that that any of that stuff is evidenced in fact. Like when I read those court documents, I see clashes with Kirkman cited numerous times in like the Darabont papers and things. Like I don't think that he was powerless, and if he was, he certainly didn't spend the last eight years out in the with the fans. Like he he had no trouble taking a lot of credit for things on the show, yeah, and defending the changes for things on the show. I did not feel like you know like Martin. And the rare instances that the double D's have really veered from his material, you know, he'll he'll come out and say something. But like, you know, but but you can tell that he's got a difference of opinion. Like, yeah, that's I've never seen that with Kirkman. Yeah. And I've I've heard that Kirkman is there on the set a lot. So in a way that George isn't. So I just like I feel like you're attacking me with ammunition that's not exactly dry. Um blanks like yeah i mean it's like that's that's like just pure opinion and i you know it's like yeah now that kirkman's out there's no nothing left to blame but 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe mean, there are tons of interviews where he's you know say says where he he says that yeah the shows does I don't like it when they do this or when they change my stuff or that's not the same vision I had. But I I've, I've never seen those. I've only seen the opposite. Yeah, and it's not like this show is going to now the Kirkman is out go down the exact road of the comics either. I think if we saw that happen, then you could start to say okay Kirkman was the problem. Um, and that his remixes were the thing that was, you know, changing it from the comics, from the story that everybody loves. But, right. you know, if if we if we don't see that change, then you have to say, well, it wasn't Kirkman, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It was it was everybody involved. And I, I think, like we've said before in the past, and you've even said, Aaron, it's it's there's plenty of blame to go around. You know, sure, Kirkman may have been the focus because he's the creator and because he. Is an executive producer, and there's a lot of EPs, you know, um, Greg Nicotero, EP, um, plenty of them. So I I don't know. I, I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, that was my thoughts. All right, Nola B um, says, how can we make the, how can the show make Daryl interesting again? When he was in conflict with Merle, it was interesting. When he was protecting Beth, it was interesting. Since then, nothing. I, I would say his stuff with Carol was also interesting. Uh, but since then, nothing. Having Daryl look cool on his motorcycle isn't enough if they don't develop his character. I think the most interesting thing they could do with Daryl right now is have him have a falling out with Rick. We've never truly seen those two at odds since the beginning of the series. When Rick banished Carol, Daryl almost punched him, uh, but he didn't. Let's finally have him go there. Let's see what the major rift between these two brothers would look like and how they would resolve it. I think I think they're listening. I think they're listening because that's yeah. what you're, appears like what you're getting. I think that's what they're setting up, and I think you nailed it. That's how you make Daryl interesting again is have him not agree with you know his his captain essentially. Mm. Um, have number have Riker not agree with Picard. Right, right. That that tension would be pretty interesting. Uh, Chris H says, "Wow, Daryl, way to not say a single word to your friend Aaron after his partner dies. What the hell, man." Weren't these two supposed to be buds? Didn't it seem weird that Daryl didn't try to comfort him or even acknowledge it at all? Well, especially since, again, I thought that the way Norman Reedus was playing him in the background was very empathetic. And then as soon as Rick and Aaron finished their business, he just spun on his heel, turned on the diamond, and walked away. Because I was expecting that. Uh-huh. I was expecting that. Yeah. Um, I was expecting... Like I said in the main cast, I think they will have a moment to to sit back and say... You know, sorry for sorry for Eric and all that kind of stuff. It I just don't know that now was the time. Yeah, I don't know because they did have that's the thing. Like I expected when that scene started up, I'm like, oh my god, here it comes. It's uh, um, it's Darren. It's it's the the Darren shipping is going to start right now, Mm -hmm. and like they just threw a bucket of cold water on that like before the scene was even over. So I feel you. Yeah, like I I was expecting something too because they did build those characters as having a special relationship. Yeah. Not like Rick and Daryl or not like, uh, you know, Carol and Daryl, but uh, it was definitely of note and it was a big moment, is a big note for his character, for uh, Daryl's character, at least as important as Beth. Mm -hmm. And shit, he lost his shit over Beth. So that's what I think. I'm with you. Okay. Caroline Z says, I was glad to see Rick and Daryl together in this episode, but the fact remains that the show's best characters are rarely together anymore. The random pairing of Tara and Jesus have had more screen time in the past two seasons than, say, Carol and Daryl or Maggie and Rick. Since the cast is so big, they spread the best characters out. Daryl and Carl haven't had a meaningful interaction since season three. 
Daryl and Michonne haven't had a solo conversation since season four, and Michonne and Carol have never shared a scene, just the two of them. Part of the reason the show is suffering is because the best characters rarely interact these days. Game of Thrones separates its core characters, but gives them interesting pairings, like Arya and the Hound. But The Walking Dead isn't as good as this, and the show is suffering. Do you agree? Um, I, I think I could get behind that. Like, take the characters that we love and pair them in interesting ways, and we could have interesting scenes. I also think they try to build new characters off of the backs of characters we already like um, and ingratiate us with them uh, that way. And I think that has been largely successful. Um, Like I think back to, you know, when Tara first came on Mm -hmm. board, everybody hated Tara, Mm -hmm. you know, she was a joke. Um, And over the course of the ensuing like three seasons, she's gradually been having more interactions with the main cast and, She's become a character in uh, a main character in her own right. And when someone like Denise, who is like the side character, has like a meaningful relationship with her, we start to get invested in Denise. And then when she dies. So it's it's hard with a cast this big. And I know like Game of Thrones is the example you can point to and say they do this really well. But I I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure Walking Dead has this has the writing skill to be able to do it as efficiently as Game of Thrones. I also want to know how much of this terrorist stuff is like effective character development and how much of it is essentially Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Like we are used to seeing your face and mm-hmm. we've gotten normal too because they've never like she even last year she was doing the fist bump bullshit. Yeah. Like it's not like the characters stop being annoying. It's just we now it's the same way with Eugene is like Eugene a good character we just get used to his dopey face. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I do feel like maybe the show could experiment if we get guy again if we get guy Ferrari in here mm-hmm. and he's like juices juices to show up. Um it would be interesting to see like them go take a page off Star Trek where like okay every week we're going to have this evolving adventure but it's going to have the away team of like you know Daryl, Maggie and and Rick. Like that's yeah. that's the core thing we build around. And then we can have a B plot where um you know Enid's doing something or Tara's doing something but like we gotta have that that core interest because and 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 put in the show bible that in no circumstance will we ever have a tertiary character get a whole fucking show to themselves a whole episode Uh because that was the big thing we were joking about at the Rock City NerdCon this weekend with the fans is like what are we gonna do when we get the inevitable three episode Morales arc yeah or three episode, you know, how did Negan get to be the way he is? Arc, like, no, I mean, thank God they didn't do it with Morales, but mm-hmm. that's always a threat on the table for them to just uh, take their eye off the ball for whatever reason. Yeah, but yeah, go go Star Trek away team format. All right, Jeff says this was a really bad episode for a couple of different reasons, but I can't be the only one who is pissed that the season premiere ended on a cliffhanger that we haven't seen the conclusion of. The writers seem to do this a lot, as it happened last year when Carl snuck onto the truck in the Savior Compound or the Glen Dumpster Fire, and I'm sure there are a lot more examples. Yeah, so for people who have forgotten, he's talking about the shitting pants scene um, where Gabriel is in the clutches of Negan, and we're two episodes away from it now, and we haven't seen even a hint of it. Well, if you got to have a pair of dedicated pants for it, there's a whole lot of shitting about to happen, maybe three weeks' worth. I, the scary thing is, I know this is going to be a flashback episode, 
to where we go from right. the stuff we've already seen and we jump back to episodes and we say right. because like what is the conclusion of it what have the saviors what what is the, what has things been like at the savior compound during this 24 hours yeah they will have to answer that for sure mm-hmm. and the only way they can do it at this point is a flashback yeah that's a bummer yeah um but the thing is here's the thing like they're getting away with it, I think, low it, the obvious reason is because no one gives a shit about Father Gabriel. Yeah. Like, they didn't get away with it with Glenn because every week people are like, what the fuck is going on with Glenn? What the fuck is going on with Glenn? They didn't get it get, get it away with, uh, um, what was the other example? Um, Carl in the Savior Cup. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't get, obviously you can't get away with that. Carl, because Carl is one of the top two or three people we care about. You do it with yeah. Father Gabriel, and it's like, huh? Like, like Heath the fuck happened to heath no one gives a shit no one gives yeah. a shit like oh key card cc whatever man whatever if you come back you'll be a welcome back morales like no yeah. one gives a shit don't give a shit about father gabriel um no one gives a shit about tara no one like uh, who's some other people that they could have? Oh, carhartt i don't even fucking remember yeah. your name no uh, carhartt could wander off no one no one would notice mm-hmm. like that's so like yeah if i guess you're going to do weird cliffhangers then fucking do people we don't care about because they're going to not be effective so might as well not rile up your fan base all right barry c from the uk says the show is fast becoming the dumbest shit ever but anywho no i must say (laughs) yeah i I find myself grimacing every time the heroes say something to the effect of after what they've done to us or after what they took from us to suggest that the saviors have all deserved the slaughter they've endured so far this season Call me a savior apologist, but Rick's gang was has probably murdered a hundred saviors in cold blood compared to what? Eight people in total? Yes, Glenn and Abraham met very grisly deaths, but objectively I could see why someone would see Rick as the villain. Plus, Rick started the whole war when he killed everyone in the outpost. Do you think the show is consciously going for this tone, or have I sensed it in spite of the poor writing? Uh, I, I actually think they're kind of going for that, because Same. there's there's this idea in Morales' head that Rick is the bad guy, right? I feel like yeah, there's, there's no. anti-Rick propaganda there, going there around. There is this I am legend the kind saviors. of thing. And yeah. then titling this episode Monsters is leaning into that. Yeah, like, for yes, sure. there is a little bit of, you know, Ender's game. But the problem for me is that it, this feels like more moralizing, And it's not just the characters doing it. Now the show itself is like meta doing it with the name of the episode. Uh-huh. And like, they're taking the moralizing to the next level. They've, they've, moved it up a a stage right and I, I don't know that like once every character has individually had it that to collectively have it right is any more interesting well and it's also just tough because these are the saviors and yes not everyone in the savior compound is going along willingly and they're they're trying to do rebellion and we've seen all that but i mean that's part of the horrors of war mm-hmm. um not everyone that you kill in a war deserves death um, and also the people that are directly responsible for it almost never, never meet the ultimate end, mm-hmm. you know? So they could be go. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like this show, when it tries to play at a heady theme like that, if this is a better show, these are the things we'd be oohing on over. Yeah. In fact, since it's a ba- bad show, we just roll our eyes at it. It's like, you know, a, a elementary school play. Oh, mm-hmm. I see what you're trying to do there, but... You know, maybe you shouldn't be playing. Maybe you shouldn't be putting on a production of Schindler's List, Mrs. Meyer's fifth grade class. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just too heavy for you to lift right now. Uh, it's borderline disrespectful, right? Uh, you know, so 
And that's the thing. I could see this with a better show, but yeah. uh, I don't know. Jackie says, should the group free the captive kid in Herschel's barn? Should Glenn forgive Nicholas? Should Morgan let the wolf live? Should Gabriel save Gregory? Should Tara and Jesus spare the pants-wetting savior? Should Morgan refrain from bludgeoning the long-haired douche who's taunting about wearing a dead kid's armor? You can be merciful, and people will fuck you over, or you can be merciless and become a monster. The Walking Dead never tires of demonstrating this choice to us. So what's the right answer? It doesn't matter. Not one one little bit, actually. It don't matter. Not one little bit, says Daryl. Yeah. Dismissing Rick's shocked outrage after Daryl quietly murders a guy who had a Rick at gunpoint. I tend to agree with Daryl. It seems that none of this matters at all. The only thing that ever changes in this tired morality play is who takes the role of Dale and who gets to be Shane. Yeah, it would be interesting to inject a shade of gray like, like like evil little hippie Jesus giving Morgan shit and Morgan just keep blowing his head off and being like, anybody else? Yeah. We're merciful, but we're not going to take your bullshit. And like for uh-huh. for good Jesus to be like, okay, that's 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 measured. Yeah. Like why can't we have something like that where you know, talk shit, get hit, and maybe that's not the way we roll in 21st century uh, mm-hmm. modern civilization. But in the zombie apocalypse, fuck yeah, yeah. you are all all of you with your hands tied have been given a gift, and if you want to throw it away, we'll be happy to fucking punch your ticket. But they, you don't get that. It's all like obviously evil shit or obviously detrimentally good shit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I don't know. That's that's The Walking Dead, man. Yeah. As an aside, Jackie says, in this episode, in the world's cleverest writing ever, Daryl kills Morales, a surname that evokes the word morality or morals. Get it? Morality is dead. Do you get it? <laughs> Alex G says, I've always thought that the guy who plays Aaron is a stronger is a, a strong actor on the show. I love the sense of decency and dry wit he brings to Aaron. However, I thought his performance over the death of Eric fell a little flat. Ooh. He was doing that thing actors do where they scrunch their faces up to show crying, but no tears came out. This was supposed to be a show stop, show stopping scene for Aaron. That's what I did when my grandmother died. Scrunch your face up, <laughs> no yeah. tears. I mean, that's like that's a terrible. I'm, no, I, that's that's literally like if you were in the hospital room when my grandmother died and you looked mm-hmm. at me, I would be giving an, a, a, a double Aaron performance. This was two and a half years ago, by the way. <laughs> no, it was like fifteen. But I'm okay. I'm saying like it's not. It is. It's hard for me to separate bad acting from someone trying to uh, authentically portray what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Because like, heaven help the son of a bitch that tries to portray what I'm going through in grief. And like, if you ever cast Jim Jones, holy shit, good luck. Like, I, I don't know. What did you think? Because I the whole time I was watching, you're just all working. So I'm a bad person to ask. Right. Here's the problem. Like this works on The Walking Dead. I think yeah. Ross Marquand is a really good actor on The Walking Dead. I think yeah. if you take Ross Marquand and you throw him in The Leftovers, he's obviously the worst actor on the but show. You don't like, know that because he's going to be directed. Well, he'll, and he'll be given for... better material. Exactly. Yeah. The directors will know when they've got the shot Cause, cause they like, need. Yeah. Like for being... sure. And I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But but my point is like. Look, we're grading on a curve here. This uh-huh. scene is really, really strong for The Walking Dead. It yeah. is a really bad scene for The Leftovers, right? right. A really terrible scene for Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, no, that, I can't remember the last... I can't tell you the last time I got emotionally caught up in The Walking Dead, and I got emotionally caught up in that scene. Okay. There you um, go. I'm trying to think when it was. I felt like there was a part where... 
you know, immediately in the aftermath of Negan's uh, beating of, of uh, Glenn, like there was some stuff mm-hmm. with Maggie and the rest of the group where I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. Where they went is... around to every single person's face and I showed mean, those particularly Maggie, like, you know, I, I think that Lauren uh, Cohen um, did really good work. And, and, like, it's very easy to empathize. Like a, a pregnant wife in a zombie apocalypse and, mm-hmm. she, you know, Glenn's a great guy. This isn't just like... And oh, yeah, Glenn, Glenn is like this heroic guy, and um, I, I remember feeling that. So it's like it's it's like every other season or so they'll get me, and this is their this is their scene. So I want to give it give credit where it's due, right? But unlike the leftovers, where it's like literally every episode yeah, it's gets every, me, yeah. right? But I mean, I, I'll tell you this: you throw in that fucking piano background music to this Aaron and Eric <laughs> scene, try it, motherfuckers, uh-huh. try it. I bet it hits like a truck. So like I'm seeing like. I don't. I, you, we say we grant a curve, but it wouldn't surprise me that this exact scene in a better show would be automatically better because the rest of it's not dragging it down. Yeah. So I don't know. But again, I'm in the. Ta- I was in the tank for the thing. I had. I had an honest emotional reaction. I hope you guys don't think I'm bullshitting you because <laughs> I don't mind telling you when it don't work. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. I mean, it's it's all subjective. It's all subjective. All right. And that's it. That's it for feedback. Uh. I have one spoiler email that I guess I'll consider um, if you want to hear why someone is rage quitting The Walking Dead. Uh, I think it's a little bit of fun. But. Sure. Yeah, I can do that. I don't have anything spoilery, I think I want to say, but I could okay. I could listen to someone rant. Well, we'll do a real quick spoiler section after the, the music. So, uh, yeah, stick around if you want to hear that. How can people get in touch with us if they want to? They can send us feedback at walkingdead or watchingdead at baldmove.com. Um, and they can get on the forums, forums.baldmove.com, to discuss the latest episode with their fellow fan. And, of course, follow baldmove.com uh, either on the website or on your favorite social media to keep up to date with our latest releases because that's where they go. Second, yeah. second we drop a podcast or a video episode or whatever, social media, bam. All right. That's what's for For the spoiler people, we will be back after the music. For everybody else, we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. All right, we're back with spoilers. Uh, I got one email here from Marco who says, uh, it's titled, Why I'm No Longer Going to Watch The Walking Dead. Uh, I realize as a comic reader that I'm in the minority on this, but it's also made me acutely aware of how bad the show has become. The comic explained that Rick expected no surrender from Negan, and his move on the sanctuary is all about making sure he makes the first move. Uh, the comic explains the bullet wastage is fine because Eugene is still around making them. The comic also explains the firing on the windows is all about making a big enough racket to drag a massive herd to, the, to box the sanctuary in, cutting off two outposts who enjoy supply lines to and from the sanctuary. The comic makes sure there's tangible dialogue on these points. This isn't difficult shit to do on screen. I know you guys may still find even that nonsensical but now I'm at the point where having a frame of reference isn't some uh, exciting dynamic of intrigue on the show, on what the show may do, but rather a far better version of the story. Maybe the show will get better, but I ain't waiting anymore. There's too much better shit to watch. As far as I'm concerned, The Real Walking Dead is on the pages of the comic, not this screen. Why? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's been all along a big problem for them is how they've changed stuff for the television series as opposed to the comic. Yeah, and why inter- I, I, why did they introduce the Eugene making bullets so long ago, and it has yet to make a, and now Eugene's fighting for the other side, and yeah, like I, if I'm sure that will that will come to play, but it'll feel forced, even though all the parts were there because there was no thought to like the the pacing or when they I don't know I 
Yeah, in in the show, it feels like they're setting up those things for use in some undetermined future, right? Like, oh, well, maybe we'll want this information on, like, already on the screen by the time we get to it. Uh In the comics, if I, from everything I've heard, it feels like they're writing more toward the end of that. Like, they know, okay, we, here's where we want to get. We need to set up these pieces that will come together at the end. Yeah. The Walking Dead never quite feels like that. Yeah, the the show. I am sincere when I said and what I said in the 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 podcast. Like I really do think that when they do the time jump, mm-hmm. they should take a long hard look about just cleaning house and calling that volume one and coming out with volume two and saying like yeah. you know like that's a that's a good because because the public against all odds the public's appetites for zombies doesn't seem to have gone down. Like there's this there's this. Um, increasing fascination with halloween like stretching out the holiday season and making that like a big thing for adults and i think zombie culture has been a large part of that like if you look at the walker stalker con it's still going strong Mm -hmm. and people still have this really core passion for the material and i think if you if you if you did it smart with a reboot like a start star trek style then you could bring all the old folks along plus some new blood and really re-energize things but yeah, and this show... I don't know, because like, how else are they going to do it? Like, Andrew, like, the multiple cast members from the reports I've read and seen are starting to, like, fumble for the door. Yeah, there's a lot of um, very spoilery stuff out there, but most of it is, like, deduction from photos that have been taken and stuff that Chandler I've stayed away from all that because I can't imagine it would increase my enjoyment of the show. Yeah, for sure. And I I haven't looked into it, but there is a lot of heavy speculation now that Chandler Riggs is out this season. Um, Not least of which is like they didn't show him in that flash forward. They kind of showed the back of him and they're trying, like some people are saying that means they're going to recast him Mm -hmm. perhaps uh, in that flash forward that we saw. So really we're never going to see him again in, in Alexandria. Uh, or oh, you're saying that beyond that... this season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I, and I don't know if that's true or not, but there seems to be some evidence for it. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, this show is on a downward trajectory at this point, and they need to do something to right that ship. Otherwise, they're going to run it into the ground. Did you know that episode two of this season, and I just looked it up, has the lowest ratings since the finale of season two? I saw that on, I think, Reddit. Yeah. There what are the, what's no, the raw number? Uh, so episode two of season eight got 8.92 million viewers. Uh, episode 13, the finale of season two, had 8.99. So they dipped below 10 million. Oh, yeah. Significantly below 10 million. Wow. Below well, I mean, 9 that, million. That's the kind of stuff that will make a change because, you know, the show still is probably profitable at this budget because it's not – Yeah. I mean, they got their hands in all the pies. Like they've they got, they've, 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 they've got crazy. merchandising. They've got uh, like like their commercial tie-ins. Like people mm-hmm. are still spending money to have Walking Dead themed commercials to play during. I mean, all that stuff is like conventions super, and all that stuff. They're all that stuff is is. Of. But this is the kind of stuff that might like people voting with their eyeballs. Um, yeah. You know, and like you know, incidentally, uh, podcast traffic for the show is way down. Yeah. So it's 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 a show that increasingly has a very a very passionate fan base and still a large fan base, but it's not as passionate as it used to be and people are checking out and and not coming back in even for like the the premieres and stuff like they were. So Yeah. 
Uh, that's the kind of stuff that maybe make uh, AMC a change, and the the time jump is a perfect chance to do it. A perfect chance to ha- try those. Uh, you know, ER has never been as good as it's been right now. Mm-hmm. We're really sorry for dropping a helicopter on a doctor. Way dumb, but you know, <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, the truly messed up thing here is I'm looking at the season one episode one mm-hmm. numbers, and it was five point three five million off the bat. Yeah, no people. Those wanted this are show. the numbers that most shows would kill for. The that was very in close their final to seasons. The Breaking Bad's final season numbers. Yeah, right. No, this this was the show has always been a Frank, juggernaut. Frank Darabont was had a, a huge huge reputation. The mm-hmm. material had a great reputation. People like AMC zombies was coming off of Breaking Bad and, and Mad, Mad Men. Men. Zombies were in the Zeitgeist, like they were saying all the right things. This show, uh, it's it's gone really off the rails from there. It has, yeah. All uh, right, that's about all I have to say. Yeah, same here. So, uh, Walking Dead it. at BaldMove.com, uh, the forums at BaldMove.com, all the social media. We will see you. I, like I said, at least I had fun this week. Yeah, it was a ton of fun podcasting it. Yeah, the guy, yeah, guy Ferrari. We'll have to. I, I don't think you heard the last the old guy. <laughs> He'll be back. Uh, We will see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.